Tales from the Greenside, Season 1, Episode 3. Man, I opened up uh, Pandora's box this week. Decided to uh, use uh, some social media platforms to ask for some uh, memories or some stories, some opinions uh, for what dear, besides Super Bowl, our Super Bowl win, which is 2,000 years ago, um, what was the greatest Jet victory, the most memorable for you, for whatever reason, doesn't have to be the biggest game, um, and also your most painful loss, and just wanted to see what people would uh, put down for those two things, so, uh, <laughs> not surprisingly, the most painful loss had many more entries than the most uh, joyous win. But being a Jet fan, I kind of know that I uh, wasn't surprised by that. So we have some submissions from people, and I'll kind of touch base on what they said. And uh, it's really, this is like, I think I could do a podcast for the rest of the year just on the bad games. Um, so I'm just going to touch on a few this week um, of the, the bad ones. <laughs> Why not lead with what you know best? Um, and then we'll... Uh, Next week, we'll get to some of the, the happier moments. And uh, I think we're going to go a couple of couple of weeks doing this, kind of touching on the good and the bad, because it's brought up a lot of memories that I, you know, I kind of forgot about, and I was like, oh, yeah, crap, you know. So we'll start off with that, and uh, we'll be back after this message. And we're back. Thanks for hanging in there. Uh, as I mentioned in the intro, best wins, worst losses, here we are. And uh, the submissions came aplenty for the negative or the devastating losses. So uh, I'm trying to keep it somewhat in, in chronological order. And so the, the first, uh, these first three games we're going to touch on this week uh, all painful losses all took place during the Jets' time at Shea Stadium. Not that all the games were at Shea, but it was that time period in 1964 through 1982. And uh, it was also, you know, my formative years when my brain was damaged permanently by becoming a Jet fan, and hope you share that with me. But, um, the, yeah, the, the submissions came in uh, left and right, and, again, most of these are from... Uh, the Freezing at Flushing uh, Facebook page, which really solely focuses on the Jets' time at Shea, 1964 to 1982. But other games were mentioned by these people. But the, uh, the first submission I got, at first, the comment I got, as soon as I put the post up, was uh, John Massaro, gentleman, posted, boom, 1982 championship game, which is the Mud Bowl, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, brutal game. Um, and then people mentioned some other things that are later on, 86 divisional game against Cleveland, 2004 against Pittsburgh, 2010 against Pittsburgh. These are all playoff losses that were painful enough and then painful more because we, we don't make the playoffs that often and they seem to be games that we could have, should have won. Um, but then also, you know, some regular season games were mentioned that have significance for people. It doesn't have to be a big game for it to be a big loss in your, your heart or your mind. Um, Frederick Traub, 
hope I'm pronouncing that right. He submitted the 1983 final game at Shea versus Pittsburgh, which we lost, but um, the game was really painful because it was the last game at Shea Stadium, and you know we couldn't close it out with a win. I don't think we even ever beat Pittsburgh at Shea Stadium. Just uh, one of those teams we could could beat, and we have trouble with them later, as you'll talk about. Uh, the Cleveland game is mentioned a lot. Um, the 1969 Jets Kansas City playoff game at Shea Stadium is um, was mentioned quite a lot in this group as well, um, and we're going to talk about that game first. Uh, so you know, through the magic of, um, uh, and that game was mentioned a couple times by a couple people, Glenn Dixon. Um, he mentions the 69 loss to Kansas City, followed close by the 1970 loss to Oakland in the last second. So plenty of pain to go around each year. They kind of seem to, it's almost like a flu shot. Uh, sooner or later, you, you get hit. So uh, the 1969 playoff game against the Chiefs, uh, the Jets were defending Super Bowl champions for the first and only time in our existence. So hopes were high. Uh, it was still a lot of the same team from the previous year. Um, you know, always minus some injured injured people, of course. But I went back and watched the uh, some of the highlights of this game, and some of the things that struck me uh, I, at the beginning of the game. Uh, I think Namath says it's it's the worst he's ever seen uh, the winds at Chase Stadium, those swirling winds. I, and I know against the Raiders in '68 it was tough as well with the winds, but he said this was the worst. And the feel, just watching the the videos uh, on YouTube. The field, it just looks painful. It's mostly dirt. Um, it's just dug up. It looks like it's frozen. Uh, th- these are the conditions that, you know, these guys had to play under, which they just don't have to do that kind of thing today. So I think, you know, and I won't get into this too much, but this is why the numbers are so inflated and people judge people just by stats. It isn't fair because it's just, it's a different game, different rules, different field conditions, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, back to the game. Um, yeah, so we're defending Super Bowl champions. I mean, the, the Chiefs are a great team. Len Dawson, quarterback, and um, some great players. Uh, Hank Stram, great coach. Um, so it's a, it's a big game, but, you know, we're still riding high. We got Joe Namath, right? Um, but the conditions of the game just kind of made it really tough for either team to score. So it's going to be a low-scoring game. Um not a lot of of offense going on, and like I said, the field was a mess. And um, you know, we're down in the game. Uh, I think, oh, I think like ten to six or something like that. And you know, we get a through a pass interference call, we get a first and goal at the one yard line, um, or maybe it's six to three at this point. We're down, and we need a touchdown to go ahead. That's it might have been six to three, but anyway. Um, Get a first and goal at the one-yard line. Got, you know, Joe Namath, your quarterback, who, you know, wasn't ever very mobile and certainly wasn't here. But uh, Matt Snell in the background, in the backfield, and Bill Mathis. Uh, first two plays, Namath calls, uh, running plays, nothing. You get like half a yard. Uh, so you get, you know, third and goal, and uh, Namath decides to call a play action pass fakes the handoff and rolls out to this right and there's just nobody open so he he runs about as far as he can until he runs out of field and he kind of gets hammered kind of thrown out of bounds I think he kind of tries to flip a pass up but it's incomplete so we don't get in so 
this is a familiar refrain for Jets fans. We had to settle for the field goal. That phrase, uh, you know, maybe be on my tombstone. We always settled for the field goal. Uh, in a low-scoring game, it's a big thing. Uh, so, we, you know, uh, Jim Turner kicks a field goal, and, we're, you know, we don't get the full seven points. And the, the Chiefs get the ball back, and everybody was kind of waiting for that one big play in a game like this. Some Somebody breaks a tackle or something, and uh, that's what happens here. Uh, Len Dawson had a 61-yard completion to uh, the tight end. Um, kind of busted it open, and, and they went ahead and scored. And uh, The rest, as they say, was history. And so our our short-lived uh, reign as NFL championships had come to an end in a, in a cold, windy, swirly, crappy game at Shea Stadium. So kind of a tough way to lose. But the Chiefs did go on. To uh, to win the Super Bowl, I believe being the Vikings, so at least we lost to the best team, right? Some solace in that. I don't know if that works, but that's that's the first game. So that and that, and that goes way back. So some fans that are a little bit uh, younger, there you go. There's a little history lesson for you, and check it out, man. Just go to uh, go to YouTube and and just check out the conditions these teams played under and watch the hits that, particularly the quarterbacks took. Um, and the receivers as well, but certainly the quarterbacks, there was just no protection. They were getting knocked around, so um, it's kind of fun to go back and watch these games, and I'm thankful that there's people out there in YouTube land that post all these things. You can find complete games if you want to. It's it's kind of neat to do. Um, and then we'll get to our second game in a second. Jets Bills, 1981. Huge game. First Jets playoff game in 12 years. So the game we talked about previously here, the uh, Jets Chiefs game, 1969. Boom. This is the next playoff game. 12 years later. So uh, the whole 81 season was kind of magical we, we just we just had some huge wins which i'll talk about and you know the winning episodes coming up next but um we had great wins an epic win against the dolphins at shea stadium which one of my best memories there we had a great win against the uh patriots when steve grogan came in from matt hasselback and almost very nearly led the the patriots to a comeback win um of course we had the the great win against the Packers, which which got us in to the playoffs and also, I think, knocked the Cowboys out, which I think also got the Giants in. So it was just kind of a magical season. You know, we're not a team that has this happening every year, so we were pretty fired up. And uh, we were going to face uh, three teams in the AFC East, I believe, made the playoffs a year, that year, the, the uh, Dolphins, the Jets, and the Bills. So this was the, the wild card game at Shea. First game in 12 years. Uh, my first playoff game uh, as a Jet fan, so just super fired up. And, you know, when I was, what, 16, 17 years old and just, you know, you just live and die with your team more than you ever do, I think, later in life because you just, that's all you have to focus on. So it was a lot of hype about it. And funny enough, in true Jet fashion, um, before... 
people even got settled into their seats or had walked all the way down the ramp off the 7 train, uh, boom, we are down 7 nothing. I think within 10 seconds. The opening kickoff um, was fumbled by Bruce Harper, who's one of my favorite all-time Jets, a great, fantastic player, and uh, I believe... Uh, it might be his daughter, as I think, is a member of Freezing and Flushing, which is the great thing about that Facebook page, if I can plug them again, because there's several Jet players from that era um, that are on the page. So it's kind of neat to be able to interact with them and thank them and see them like your posts and that kind of thing. I know um, Wesley Walker's on there and Mike Augustiniak and just to name a couple. Um, but there's a lot more. So it's kind of neat. Um, but anyway, so... Opening kickoff, fumbled, returned for a touchdown. So we're down 7 nothing right off the bat. Uh, and I think the Bills scored 21 unanswered points, or maybe it was 24. I think we were down 24 nothing. But thankfully, you know, so we have no hope now. <laughs> so I think, you know, people are just getting loaded now because they go, oh, it's over 12 years to get here, and we're down 24 nothing. you know. Uh, Go go! Let's go buy some warm beer or drink from the flask or the your drink from the Ovaltine thermos you brought in. Um, but right before the half, um, Richard Todd hit Mickey Schuler, number eighty-two, for uh, for a touchdown pass. So we we were we were off the uh, off the goose egg twenty-four-seven. That kind of, and that just kind of fires you up a little bit going into the half, knowing okay, we can score on these guys. Um, and I'll tell you one thing, too. If you go back and watch some of these games, like the previous one I talked about with the Chiefs, look at the field. Look at the Shea Stadium field. It's At midfield, it is just a pile of mud. There's grass, divots everywhere. It's just it's awful, the conditions. Uh, again, it doesn't make it favor you know any team at this point. They both had to play in it. But just it's just kind of shocking if you watch football now. And you watch some of these old games, and not only the hits the players took, particularly the quarterbacks and all that stuff, but um, the playing conditions. You're just going to be like, I can't believe they played on a field like this. But so we're down, you know, twenty four seven, and then I think they scored. We scored a couple times, thirty one thirteen. We had such a good defense back then. You know, the, the sack exchange was kind of in its heyday. Um, Daryl Ray, Schaefer Suggs, uh, uh, Greg Buttle, just Donald Dykes. Just, these are all names I know because I got to memorize the whole roster back then. But it was such a strong team. Um, and offense, you know, Richard Todd. But you talk about it. You know, guy walking into a, a big set of shoes, filling Joe Namath's shoes, and also coming from Alabama as well. And guy was just one. Tons, tough son of a bitch. I know he played the Miami game with cracked ribs a couple weeks earlier and a bad ankle, and he's getting the heck knocked out of him, and it keeps coming back. Um, uh, Freeman McNeil, fantastic runs. Um, Mike Augustiniak, um, another great running back. Um, had great game. Mickey Schuler though, was a beast in this game. I think he had six receptions, but they were big, really big receptions, and they were just, you know, hard fort yardage, so... Um, that was kind of fun to watch. Um, uh, so and just, you know, seeing the names again, um, it was kind of neat. And both quarterbacks, actually, that day, the Ferguson and and Todd, I think they both had four interceptions. So it, it was kind of a crazy game going back and forth. And I'm sure uh, neither franchise 
had had that much success at, up until that point. So it was kind of a battle of two two like losers for back of, lack of a better term but um so it was going to be a painful a loss for one of our two teams so anyway the jets battle all the way back and from 24 nothing down we're battling back and we we uh we get the the bills on a three and out we stop in midfield they punt the ball away we get the ball uh on our own 20 yard line so we have to go 80 yards about two minutes and two and a half minutes, I think it was two minutes and 36 seconds, we get the ball back. And just the momentum was flowing our way. We were, you know, hitting the ball and uh, hitting the passes and running and Freeman McNeil slashing and Mickey Schuler and Bobby Jones and just all doing a great job. Wesley Walker, of course, who was also on the Freezing at Flushing page, uh, if, I had to, if I didn't mention that. Um, and I think we had, at one point, we had a third and 20 and we converted. It was amazing. Um, so it was really, again, following the, the roller coaster ride of this year and just the momentum we had at this point, you just kind of swore we were going to do this. Um, and then it came down to, uh, you know, 10 seconds left, 11 yard line, uh, Richard Todd, you know, he threw for almost 400 yards this game, but he threw an interception over the middle, uh, to Bill Simpson, who I think was his second interception and it was at the closed end of the stadium I remember because it was opposite uh where we were um but and the season's over so this you know 12 years of not making the playoffs you're down 24 nothing and you battle back battle back because you know it's always been the thing we wouldn't go in and just lose a playoff game 31 nothing we'd lose it in the most painful way we could possibly lose it that's always been the the mantra or, the, or the, the method of the Jets, it seems. And maybe it's because it's, you know, our team that we feel that way. But it's just, it's never kind of a normal win or loss. Something's always going on. You know, my dad would always say, oh, you know, put the diapers on. Here we go. And uh, so that was that game. And it was, um, so many people mentioned it. And it, you go back, watch on YouTube. It's, you, somehow you still think you're going to pull it out. I, I think that Todd's going to check that receiver and throw to another guy. I, I watched one of the Buffalo Bills uh, documentaries on ESPN, uh, Four Falls of Buffalo, which if you haven't seen it, it's fantastic. But they talk about their four losses in the Super Bowls in a row, which is an amazing feat, uh, for better or for worse. But Bruce Smith, the great defensive lineman, says you know he watches the highlights of that game or when he's at, they show these things, and he said... I still think the kick is going to go through, you know, Norwood's going to hook it and it's going to go right through and, and we're going to win that game. So it's the same thing as a fan watching these games from 30, 40, almost 50 years ago, whatever. You, you think somehow you're going to pull it out, but we didn't, we didn't do it at all. So that was that game. And uh, the last one we'll talk about this week um, which was, I think, the most mentioned game, even as even more than the Buffalo game, was the 1982 AFC Championship game against the Miami Dolphins, aka the Mud Bowl, and we're going to talk about that in a second. Get your popcorn ready. Yes, I did go there. That was the. Flipper theme song from the TV show Flipper, since we're dealing with 
a painful loss to the Dolphins. And, uh, well, you know, from them being in our division and uh, so long, there's, there's a lot of games. We also have some of our best wins, actually, were against the Dolphins. So they'll be, they're, they'll, their name will come continue to come up in the next few podcasts um, between the, this game, uh, the, the game I talked about earlier a little bit, the 1981 game where we beat them um, at Shea. You know, there's the, uh, the miracle, those, the Monday Night Miracle uh, at the Meadowlands and uh, a bunch of, there's an overtime win at the Meadowlands, 51-45. So they'll come up a lot. So they didn't always get to the best of us. But I think, you know, one thing about your rival is, especially with these two teams, it doesn't matter what your records are. The game is still huge, um, and it seems like anything can happen in these type of games. So this is the the 1982 uh, AFC Championship game. And I realized when I was talking earlier, um, when I was talking about the Jets' time at Shea, it was 1964 to 1983. Our last game there was against the Steelers in 1983. I think I was so focused and scarred by this this 1982 championship game that I kept, I, I said 82 a couple times, so apologize for that. Um, so the Mud Bowl, we all know it. Um, and 80, this was a kind of a crazy season because uh, 82, and I, kind of, I forgot about this, it was a, a strike-shortened season, so there was only nine games played, so um, definitely a weird season. Um, the Jets... Uh, we're second in the division to the Dolphins. The Dolphins won the AFC East um, with a seven and two record. The Jets were six and three, um, so it was kind of a, a little bit of a crazy playoff format, but um, it's all good. So there we were in Miami. So at that point, you know, both teams are you know one game apart. Although I did notice this too as well. We played them, obviously, well, even with the strike, we just happened to still be able to get two games in against them. They beat us both games. I think the first game was a blowout, and I think the second game was a one-point loss. So it wasn't like, you know, we were dominating them. We get to this game and we get screwed. It was it was a very close matchup then. Um, but they also beat us twice during the year, so it wasn't a total shock. But I think the thing that in the memory, or the thing that sticks in this game is because... Um, again, we building off the year before our first playoff, um, we had kind of had such a good nucleus of a team. Um, I, th- I really thought, even though they had beaten us, that we were a better team um, than they were. But uh, that's why they play the games. So, so the big scandal about this game, um, and why it's called the Mud Bowl, and p- people are pissed off about it because it, I think it had rained two or three days in a row before the game, and normally. Um, they cover the field with a tarp. Um, even, you know, back then they did it. And then, of course, even today they do it. Of course, with today they have things like underneath the field that help dry it. They didn't have that back then as much. But um, so the idea was you cover the field so you get the best playing conditions you could possibly get, in theory. Um, but the Dolphins decided not to cover the field. And the thinking from Jet fans and I don't know if it was the coaches and players as well, but was that they kind of did this on purpose because the Jets were definitely the, the faster, the quicker team. So to slow the the game down by having it on a muddy field was to their advantage. So 
you know, some of the comments said, oh, you know, the Dolphins had to cheat to win that game and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, there's cheating. And to, to me, cheating is when you actually break the rules. You do something that's not allowed to get an advantage. This it wasn't in the rules they had to cover the field, but I would say there was some uh, questionable groundskeeping decisions. Uh, so... Not technically cheating, maybe poor sportsmanship. But in any case, uh, it turned the game into a, an absolute mess. Pull it up, you know, Jets, Dolphins, 82 championship game on YouTube, and it's just a mess there. And uh, they had a great defense, the Killer Bees, so it wasn't like they were, you know, this weak team and the, the field made them beat us. Uh, it wasn't that at all, but their defense was pretty dominant. And... Uh, both teams, I think neither team, uh, I think, scored for the first half, maybe in the third quarter. They finally got a touchdown. Uh, I think Woody Bennett ran it in for them. Um, so they were up 7 nothing, And um, the Jets were just trying to get things going. And just couldn't get it. Just, it wasn't our day. And so uh, Todd threw an interception to A.J. Dewey who this guy in the second half had the game of his life. I mean, solid, you know, defensive player, but three interceptions in one game, all from Richard Todd. And the last one, the absolute backbreaker, which put the game away for them, he returned for a touchdown. So talk about just, have, you know, having a great game at the right time of your life. A.J. Dewey, so he became kind of a... You know, the equivalent of, uh, you know, Aaron effing Dent or Bucky effing, I mean, Aaron Boone and uh, Bucky fucking Dent for Red Sox fan and Aaron fucking Boone for Red Sox fan. So it was AJ fucking Dewey. So um, I don't know if I can beep that out. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Put your earmuffs on for your kids. Anyway, uh, you know, and I, I read an article recently too about it was a Jets fan or he was a writer for, I think it was the Post he finally decided that he needed to confront, for lack of a better word, um, A.J. Dewey because he was the, he had broken his heart. So he got in touch. Um, he said he wasn't easy to, it wasn't hard to find. He's, A.J. Dewey does a lot of charitable work for the Dolphins and um, uh, he was able to reach him. And <laughs> when A.J. Dewey said, you know, oh, so who are you? And he said, I can't remember the guy's name, but you know, I'm, I'm John Smith, and you. When I was seven year old, seven years old, you broke my heart. And I think AJ Dewey said, "Oh, you're seven years old. You can't have your heart broken." But this guy said, "No, that's exactly when you get your heart broken by you know by a sports team." So he kind of was hoping, you know, he get some vengeance on AJ Dewey. But he said he was such a nice guy um, that he, you know, he ended up liking him at the end. So it was kind of a a good form of uh, therapy for him and. Uh, from what I read in the article, AJ Dewey seems like a really good guy, and he just said, "Yeah, it was just wasn't just me; it was my teammates, and just doing my job." So I think the guy got some closure at the end um, of the call. So that was pretty cool, but that was painful, painful loss, and that was the one that was definitely mentioned um, along with the Bills game uh, as the worst, uh, one of the most painful losses of that era. Again, nineteen sixty four to nineteen eighty three. We got plenty more pain coming your way um, and some joy. So next week we're going to do um, some 
good things, some good, memorable, joyous wins. So well, we won't talk about the 69 Chief game or the 81 Bills uh, playoff game or, or the Miami 82 championship game, the Mud Bowl. So, it, And if you're listening to this and you think of some memories uh, that you had during these games or uh, or even, you know, you can submit other games, you know, the Facebook page is uh, Tales from the Green Side. Um, there's a way to leave a voice message if you want to do that. I'm happy to take emails, talesfromthegreenside at gmail.com or just message me directly on Facebook. Love to hear from you. And it's really been great because I've... Um, I've, there was a lot of great games I forgot about and reading through these comments, it was like, oh man, you know, and I'm able to go back and watch some of the highlights of those games and, and even the the bad games, it's been interesting to go back and just, you know, like I said, you think you can change the outcome, but you can't, but such is life. Roll the dice, man. And uh, so that's it. Thanks for tuning in again and uh, keep those cards and letters coming. So stay beautiful and go Jets.